Transition by Panta Calhoun. Let's be together in transition. Episode 5. Welcome to PTSD Self-Healing Show. I'm your host, Panta Calhoun. Working past the trauma and emerging stronger. With Dr. Vijayat Asin, psychologist and relationship expert. Today we are talking about post-trauma and how we can recover from it. As you know, in some point of our life, sometimes we have traumas and we have to face it. Some people um, have some ways to go through it easily, but some other need help. Today, we have a very special guest, a clinical psychologist, Vijay Yassin, and she is a relational expert and a relationship expert, helping clients nurture their relationship with each other and she worked uh, as a, a clinical psychologist in new york city hi vijaya thank you for coming here i'm so excited to have you sure thank you for having me i appreciate it hey um all right tell me about yourself what are you doing right now and how did you come up with this field okay so um, I'm a clinical psychologist and a relationship expert. Um, and essentially what I do is I help my clients let go of the emotional baggage and trauma that they might have experienced in their life so that they can more fully embrace their relationships and partnerships with other people. So, you know, a lot of my clients have uh, been through some form of trauma, whether it's uh, an abusive boyfriend or an abusive ex or partner or a neglectful abusive parent, uh, whether it's, you know, a rape that they experienced or the suicide or death of a friend or a family member or even an abusive manager at work. So they've all experienced something in their lives um, which now is getting in the way of their current relationships and functioning. So my role is to kind of help them kind of untangle through all of that so that they can kind of live the life that they want to lead and have the relationships that they, that they need and deserve to have. That's great. You know, this um, trauma today we're talking about is about relationship. And most of people have this trauma, <laughs> breakups and Mm -hmm. uh, renewing another relationship and some some people are so um, easy to go through it or after one two times it, for them it's easier to recover from it or for some people is not it's mm -hmm. a real trauma and they deeply go to it and they cannot come off i know a lot of people have lots of problem that even later in their life still they remain reminded remind uh, that to themselves and they have lots of triggers and they cannot forget it do you think that uh, there is a cure for it and they can totally recover from uh, ptsd after a bad relationship mm -hmm. So, you know, the way I see it is more in terms of um, the experiences that we have. So everyone's trauma looks and feels different. Um, and so I think it really depends on the type of trauma that someone experienced. Obviously, the more chronic 
uh, and long lasting the trauma, the harder it is to be able to kind of let go of some of that and be able to move forward in your life. But it's not impossible. I think it just takes a lot of work, a lot of awareness and a lot of help and support of important people in your life so that you can kind of use the tools that you're learning uh, and be able to forge ahead. And then of course, keeping in mind that progress is never linear. So it's never, a, it, it's never like always going forward in the right direction. You know, there are moments where you're gonna step forward and step back and that that's okay. So I think the coming to terms with, the, with trauma also means understanding that it's a process, that it's not just a destination, but it's a, it's a journey, it's a process and that, that can be equally rewarding. Yes, I, I love it because um, as you see, this is a hope for whoever is listening to this podcast because um, some people just think that is, that's it, it's finished. When I finish this uh, relationship, I cannot go to another and that person is the last one I saw and I cannot have the better chance. And that's why some of them end up uh, thinking about suicide and um, they, are, they have lots of anger inside and it takes a longer time to recover from it. Mm -hmm. But um, to, to me, it's can, it, can be a, it can be an awakening call for them to recover, be a better person and start their self-discovery. Sure. So um, what kind of method you have which is easy for us to follow after hitting by trauma uh, i'm sorry can you just say that one what meter uh no i said do you recommend any method any technique that okay. is easy to follow for my audience uh, after hitting by trauma um so I think one of the uh, most well-documented, empirically kind of supported by research uh, forms of treatment, uh, which I use a lot, I use a lot of those skills and techniques in my work, is dialectical behavior therapy. And what dialectical behavior therapy does is it provides you the, the tools and the language for, for you to understand and one have uh, a sense of you know, what is your trauma? What does it look like? How does it manifest in your life? Um, what kind of triggers come? And for everybody, it's different, right? So, so it provides a, a language to be able to talk about the stuff that's happened to us, but it also gives us the skills that we need in order to be able to move forward um, so that we're not always stuck in the pattern of, uh, of just being at the place in time that we were when that bad thing happened to us, that we can find a way to kind of move forward. I love it. So is, um, is, is it very similar to CBT, right? Cognitive behavior. Yes, so, so dialectical behavior therapy is an offshoot of CBT. It was developed by Marsha Linehan. Uh, and she was a researcher and professor of CBT, doing a lot of good work in, uh, in the field of psychology and, and CBT. But I, I think as a function of her own trauma, uh, and this you talked about a spiritual awakening, right? So as a function of her own trauma and the experiences that she had gone through in her life, she used her experiences and her knowledge to put something together that can now be applicable to 
a wide variety of people in different circumstances, whether you had trauma, whether you have an eating disorder, whether you have depression or anxiety. So it's very widely applicable. And I find it very helpful to use the language of DBT and working with, with my clients. So tell me more about DBT. What do you exactly do? What does that mean? Exactly what does that mean? Can you describe it for us? Sure. So dialectical behavior therapy is, um, is, about, is a treatment that's based on being able to see the dialectics, right? The opposing forces in life. So it's, a, it's about not getting too fixated on being on one end or the other, but always trying to balance that. Because I think that sometimes when things happen to us that we were not able to either control or that we did not anticipate, we can kind of get stuck or lost in them. So what DBT does is it gives us a really good means to kind of understand that so that we can, so for example, right? So there are the, the concepts of um, willingness and willfulness, like how much of, of us is going to be stuck in the willfulness because sometimes we can want to self-sabotage, we can do things that will keep us stuck in a place of trauma or, or re-traumatize us, or we can be more willing, more open to life more open to experiences, more open to trying out new things and not getting stuck um, in one place. So that's just an example. So the, the, whole, the whole therapy is based on being able to keep those dialectics always at play, that it's never on one end or the other, but there's always a balance. <laughs> All right. Uh, tell me about the difference between CBT and uh, DBT. And what do you exactly do with DBT? Okay, so DBT is an offshoot of CBT. So it's, it's not very different, uh, but there are some skills and techniques that are, uh, that are very unique to DBT. So the whole idea is about thinking about our thoughts, knowing the link between our thoughts, our feelings and our behavior. And that's what DBT kind of reinforces as well. Um, the thing that's different about DBT is that it also includes a, uh, the concept of mindfulness, which has been very, very helpful in the field of trauma. So, um, so there's significant work for mindfulness. Uh, and there is also uh, there is a certain aspect of talking about things um, in a way that, that allows the, the patient, the client to practice skills. Uh, and then to be able to have the help and support of a group. So it's also done in a group format where you have other survivors of trauma, other people who've experienced trauma, and they not only do they challenge you in terms of, they're not just there for support, but they also challenge you to move towards changing certain behaviors and trying certain behaviors. So, so that's how it kind of goes. And it's also built to be able to focus on uh, helping a person build skills towards you know, regulating their emotions, um, developing better interpersonal relationships with other people. Uh, I've already talked about mindfulness. And then the last part is distress tolerance, which is learning to handle and negotiate those tough moments where you're going to be hit by things that happen to you. And um, whether it's the memories, the traumas, the, fla the flashback of the traumas, um, and things like that, that you're going to have to learn how to cope with. So I think it's very specifically geared to and particularly helpful to people who've experienced trauma. Mm, interesting. 
Um, what are the most important tips you can give us working past the trauma and emerging stronger? Um, so I think one of the really helpful things um, that I have seen people kind of really talk about, say that they found helpful, was um, self-awareness. And that means really being aware and conscious of how our particular trauma has impacted us. Um, so, you know, depending on who we are, um, what our experiences were in the world, how much, um, how much love support we experienced, what the nature of the trauma was, how chronic the trauma was, all of those things really impact how we respond to the trauma. And so having, uh, it's, it's kind of like have building your own DNA code about how your trauma interacts with you uh, and what that process is like. So how do you respond to what particular things trigger you? How do you respond to those? And just building an awareness and a consciousness about those things so that then you can make a, a more informed decision about, okay, what things need to change? What things are part of who I am? Um, but what are the things that are getting in the way and the things that I need to change? So it means we have to self-analyze ourselves if we, um, we, if we are about to, because sometimes we are not capable of doing this. Sometimes the, the trauma is so big. Let's say you lose someone that you love. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, then you need somebody's help. What yeah. do you recommend for someone who... Um, who need to recover from big loss? Yeah, um, I, I think it's uh, different from self-analysis in the sense that you're doing this with, uh, with a professional who's guiding you through it. And you're doing this in the company of other people. So these are things you're talking about um, with other people. And you're listening to other people talk about their experiences, which then builds your awareness. So it's very much a process of, in, of engagement in developing your coherent story and your narrative. Um, so I think what people appreciate is that it brings to their awareness things that they weren't aware of before. So I've had people say, you know, I didn't recognize how much a certain smells impact me. But when I heard so-and-so talk about how certain, how they are, traumatized by or how a certain smell associated with the trauma impacts their memory about certain thing, it suddenly reminded me, yes, that's also, uh, that's also something that comes up for me. And then the work is, okay, if it, if it triggers a certain response in you, how are you responding to that, right? So if you, let's say you grew up in an abusive household, but your mom was always baking cookies. And so you have this very bad negative association with cookies, and now when you go to with your kids to someone's house or a bakery or someplace else and the smell of cookies comes up, how are you responding? Like, do you get irritable? Do you get uh, upset? Do you need to take a break and, you know, take a little bit of time for yourself and recollect and come back? How are you managing that? So, so this is less about you figuring yourself out, but more about you doing it in the, in in the support of other people, but also in, with, with their guidance. Uh, it's interesting you talk about the relationship with others when you also have your own PTSD and you are trying to recover from it. 
how yeah. important is when you when you are not in line with yourself to have a relationship with other people when you are not even know yourself at that time <laughs> so it really depends on how well you're functioning you know to be honest there are people who have not experienced ptsd or who have not experienced who don't have trauma or a traumatic experience but they're so blissfully unaware of themselves that something or the other always gets in the way of relationships so it, it just kind of depends on where you are on the consciousness scale or continuum if you want to call that in the sense of how much are you aware of what you bring to the table uh, whether you've experienced trauma or not. And if you have experienced trauma, how does that impact? How does that emotional baggage come on the table? What does it look like? How does it interact with other people, right? So, but of course, if you're someone who is knee deep in their, in your experience of trauma or what it's doing for you and how it's manifesting in your life, then it's probably not a good time to, and that's also the awareness, right? Knowing that it's not a good time for you to have a relationship with someone else where not only are you drowning in the muck, but you're dragging other people into the exactly. muck with you. Yeah, right? you're right. What are the biggest steps into PTSD recovery? Um, I think that's a complicated question because I don't think there are straightforward answers to, to that. Um, I think it really depends. I think it depends on how much a person is willing to uh, accept uh, versus change the narrative of their trauma. Uh, so how much am I invested in the narrative of being um, a victim of the trauma versus being a survivor of the trauma? Mm -hmm. uh, because both of those things will then influence how I feel about what I need to change. So the way I see it, the acceptance versus change dialectic, which is also part of the DBT language, which is how much do I want to accept and how much of this is who I am versus how much of this is not working for me and how much I need to change. Uh, and, that's, and that's a very important component of, uh, of change and recovery because we can all want change and everybody wants to change, but to actually do it and practice it is a completely different thing altogether. So there's, it's different to want something in theory uh, but to apply practically in your life on a daily consistent basis um, is tough. So it looks like you have to confront fears and do some gratitude work, um, challenge your thoughts, analyze your thoughts, and do some self-help self work for yourself if you hit by trauma. So the way it's kind of phrased in uh, the treatment is that there are things that you will need other people's help to do to overcome your experiences. Uh, but for sure, there will have to be things that you will have to do yourself. So it's about building your own muscles. It's like it's uh, going through trauma is, is kind of like if you went through a physical trauma, right? where you fell off a bicycle and maybe you fractured your clavicle and your shoulder and now you are recovering, uh, there will be the pieces of advice that other people will give you in terms of healthy ways to recover. And maybe you'll be on some pain medication and maybe you'll, you know, you'll go for physical therapy. And so in some ways, physical therapy is like going to therapy because 
the person can tell you, okay, these are the muscles you need to move and this is how you need to move them. But how, whether you practice it, whether you do it, whether you show up for physical therapy, how you take care of your body outside of physical therapy, all of those things will inform what happens to you and how you kind of recover and grow from there. The interesting point is not everybody aware of being PTSD patient. Because uh, when you are hit by trauma, it means sometimes you recover yourself where you are standing. And that's the biggest steps. That's the biggest step when you ask for help. Go mm-hmm. and find somebody to uh, help you. But uh, not everybody, unfortunately, does it. Because uh, people try to make up their mind and they, they think that they can do it by themselves. But uh, sometimes uh, extra help can help them to rebuild their thoughts again, confront, uh, confront uh, fears again. Yes. And um, do you think that this is curable, even if it's a deep PTSD? Um. You know, every time you ask that question, I'm struck by the fact that I see, um, I see when I, when I think of PTSD, I think of symptoms and experiences. So PTSD is the diagnostic label, but under the diagnostic label are the symptoms and experiences. And so when, when you pose that question, it makes me think about the intensity and the severity of those experiences and those symptoms. And so um, I think my response is more about it's a, it's a process and it, it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take a lot of work. And I think that there is a way for us to be on the other side of the mountain where the things that uh, trouble us, bother us, are problems for us are no longer that significant where it's not the noise that's blaring in our ear, but it's a soft noise that we can tolerate. So it's, it's hard to say whether it's curable because I think that for different people, it looks differently, but I think for sure we can come to like any big obstacle in our life, we can come to be able to tolerate it or accept its presence without necessarily engaging with it. All right, let's move forward. Do you suggest art therapy for curing the PTSD? Um, so I think that adjunct therapies can be really helpful when it comes to dealing with trauma. Um, and I think because different types of therapies activate different parts of our brain, mm-hmm. and different therapies activate different emotional experiences for us. So, you know, for some people, um, they are able to engage well with one form of therapy better than another for whatever reason. And I think there's also a lot of evidence about how trauma is recorded by our body physiologically. So I think because of those reasons, I think art therapy, but for sure, I've also heard about people using movement therapy. And I've heard of people finding tapping helpful and I've heard of people finding acupuncture helpful. So I think uh, whatever you find that works for you, 
is is good it's helpful it's good to try if it if it helps you be able to express yourself emotionally if it helps you feel more able to deal with life cope with life um then those are all good things and we should try them great i also have additional question about the covid because uh, these days uh, people are really worried about their personal traumas um, they may lose they may lose their job and um, they also have other traumas because you cannot see many people um, and you cannot have close contact with your loved ones so what do you recommend to stay more positive and uh, get away from these traumas um so you can't get away from traumas uh you know what is going to happen with you in your lifetime you know depending on um on how things unfold right for you in your life and this is true of everybody is we cannot always predict and control the future so things are going to happen for sure there will be happy joyous moments to celebrate and there will be moments of despair loss and sadness and i think the the only thing that we can do is to you know continually show up in our lives mm -hmm. uh because what has you know what has not happened uh, there is no point in being stuck in the anticipatory anxiety of what is yet to come and what has already happened has already gone and so the only thing that we have right now is the present moment and this is where practicing mindfulness becomes really important because it really helps us be able to get out of the trap of what if what will and what has uh, what has been um and just be able to stay in the present and be able to enjoy whatever we have now uh because you know the things that we that seem to come up for us when we think about when we look back and reflect on happy joyous occasions are not the things that cost money are not the things that uh are not the big celebrations the big parties but the moments of connection that we had with other people in those times whether it was the smile of our child or it was a conversation that we had with somebody we cared about so those little moments are not so little and so if we show up for the little moments in our everyday to day life that's the best we can do interesting yes you're right whatever is past past and whatever we have is present and future has not come yet mm -hmm. and uh, somebody just uh, told me yes the present called present because it's a gift yes yeah. it's hard to remember that sometimes right when you're in the day to day of life and you're dealing with what everybody is dealing with it's hard to it's hard to show up for the present but it is it is the only thing that we have for sure great so do you have any contact information or um, let's say uh, any program or anything you can recommend to my audience how they can access to you and how you can help them sure so um so i have a website and there's a lot of information there um about you know how i work and the kind of work that i do and my practice is called therapy couch um so the website is www.therapycouchnyc.com uh but i'm also on twitter and instagram and facebook uh and it's at therapycouchnyc uh and i try and 
you know, that there's a whole lot of information there, but for sure, I think it's applicable to anybody who has any kind of emotional baggage, which I think all of us do to some extent or the other. Great. I'm so happy to have you here. And uh, I really enjoyed our great talk today. Hopefully my audience also enjoy it. I'm sure they did. Thank, thank you. you so I appreciate it. It was really nice talking to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. Bye. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book Naturally Conceived from Amazon. Thank you for listening.